Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back to New York, baby. This is Millennial Cannon. I'm Kira. Yeah, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That guy throwing bricks, like, come on. Come on, man. Amazing. That's, uh, that's New York, baby. It really um, is. And not to jump ahead, but I really think that that's what we're missing in, um, current marvel films is just like a collective like new york city like crowd just like throwing bricks at the villain (laughs) i think the um the first tom holland movie did a decent job of like showing the importance of like new york around him Mm -hmm. like when he like the most devastating moment of that movie is when his favorite like sub shop that he like walks to after school is like on fire it's not even like a big Thing. it's just my favorite sub shop like his bodega yeah his bodega um <laughs> in like the bodega cat sub shop versus bodega sorry i'm not <laughs> italian um uh my name's adam and welcome to uh spider monday um unless you're oh my god Honestly, every day is Spider Monday, if you really think about it. I could not stop saying Spider Monday ever since that dumbass trailer dropped. Like, get your tickets on Spider Monday. Like, the most, like, TV voice just, like, edited in at the end of the trailer. Bro, we're going back to 2002 with Spider-Man. That one tweet uh, where it's, like, Infinity Stones? Like, Peter, it's 2004. Wake up. I'm going to throw a car at you. (laughs) um that's where we're going back to this week we're talking sam raimi's original spider-man there's no um there's no avengers there's no um talking raccoons in this bitch we're talking we're just talking pure spidey uh new york loving spidey this week yeah so really quick before we start i told adam that i would tell a story about me getting my wisdom teeth out which I got them out yesterday afternoon. Um, he made me laugh very hard before we started recording, and I tasted blood. So that's where this episode is about to go. Um, when I laugh, I have to like make a face that's like the bent neck lady in uh, in ha- uh, Haunting of Hill House vibes, where she like kind of like laugh cries with her mouth closed. Yeah. Um, that's like basically what I have to do. So. <laughs> I was, like, terrified to get my wisdom teeth out because I'm very scared of the dentist. Um, they put me on, like, the gas, like... Because, <laughs> like, I already got gas. Yeah, literally NOS. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> literally nitrous oxide. I hit the NOS. Um, and <laughs> in the middle of them ripping out my teeth, 
I had one tear rolling down my face and I was like, this is just like the Saw movies. And the dentist literally stopped and they both were just like laughing hysterically. <laughs> and they're like, it's not that bad. Like my mouth was literally just like pried open. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is like Saw. <laughs> Um, but it, it went well, other than, um, you having to play a game with Jigsaw, um, yeah, wisdom teeth. Yeah, um, I mean, it went as well as it can go, like, all I'm eating is, like, pudding and oatmeal, but, you know. Bro, that's me every day. I'm just so fucking hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I want, like, McDonald's so bad. I, I, saw, like, I, I saw I saw a gif of mozzarella sticks this morning. I almost started crying. Um, so how did the Thanksgiving scene in this movie play for you now that you're, like, hungry? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, I feel like it's very fitting that we're doing this episode, like, now. Because it really is, like, the perfect bleed from Thanksgiving into Christmas, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think every Spider-Man movie, like, weirdly either has, like, a summer vibe to it or, like, a winter vibe. There's, like, no kind of Mm -hmm. in-between. And this one kind of really does a good job at that. Like, between, like, the Thanksgiving parade, that Thanksgiving scene where he's, like, carving the turkey and he, like... I I love that scene, like, where Willem Dafoe, like, just, like, he he sharpens the knife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but... Yeah, it feels like, again, it's weird sometimes when we talk about such iconic movies after we've been doing this pod for, like, what, two years at this point? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we really haven't covered this movie yet? And, um, yeah, this is, like, one of those movies for me where it kind of yeah. feels weird that we haven't gotten here. But I'm I'm glad that we are here for it. Um, do you have any memories with this movie? Um, so this is definitely, like, I watched this a lot when I was younger, because I have an older brother, and I feel like a lot of my memories attached to this have to do with, like, the PlayStation 1 video game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know that they're not really connected, but it's just, like, the same era. Um, yeah, I used to have it, too. I, I don't know why, but I always remember that level where you're, like, um... It's like when you're trying to beat up. It's like the the level where you're like chasing Uncle Ben's killer, and you're like cornered in like an apartment or like a building or something. And I just remember being stuck at that level like when I was five years old, and I was like getting so frustrated. <laughs> I remember the one with like the abandoned like hallways and the top of the building. Maybe it was like a bank. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's like something that I like definitely attached to Spider Man. Um. Yeah, I I love this movie. Like, I I don't know. Like, I just used to watch it all the time. Um. Yeah. I. God. Where do you even begin with this movie? Um. So my like first core memory with this movie is at some point I remember seeing a TV spot for it. Like when I was like a fucking literal child like maybe four years old just sitting on the floor in front of my tv watching like something and i remember it came on and i'm like hypnotized by it like i'm like whoa like what what is this um because like i had 
from a very young age, I um have always been into Spider-Man. Like that's been my core like superhero that I've always like been involved with and have loved um, my entire life. Um, when I was like six or seven, my uncle actually gave me his entire like Spider-Man comic collection. Um, and to this day, I have about 300 Spider-Man comics. Um, so I, I'm a big Spider-Man collector. Um, I have read so many comics. Um, it, it's just it, like, it just in general, the character means a lot to me, but this movie specifically, um, it's the first live action movie I ever saw in theaters. Um, wow. Yeah, because yeah. we were like five, right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually saw the ticket stub for this movie. I probably should have oh sent it to you. Um, but my mom always kept it for some reason. And uh, so, yeah, I just remember, like, my mom took me to see this, like, at some point during the week, like, after it came out, like, during the weekday after. I wasn't even kindergarten yet. I was, like, in preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thoroughly remember, like, I had the aisle seat. And I don't know why I remember it so well, but I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember, like, there was only, like, three other people in the theater because there were, like, a few other theaters playing it that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember, like, exactly where I was sitting <laughs> and exactly how I felt the entire movie. Like, I remember just being in this, like, state of awe, like, mm-hmm. the entire time. And my mom told me the other day, because, like, we were talking about how the new one's coming out, and I kind of told her, I'm like, you know, the other Spider-Men are coming back for that the movie, apparently. The other Spider-Men. <laughs> yeah, the other, Sp- <laughs> the other Spider-Men. Um, and she was like, you know, after I took you to see that movie that day, she said, you were never really the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> she said, she's like, like, from that day forward, everything was Spider-Man. Like, like it was Spider-Man centric. Like, everything was Spider-Man. It was like Spider-Man themed birthday parties, Spider-Man, like everything, you know? And yeah, I, I've seen this movie like so many fucking times. I know like every line to this movie, just like scream. Um, I feel like I just, as lines are being said, I can recite them. Um, I think everything about this movie is so iconic. The colors, the action, the the mm-hmm. music is a fucking, it's such a banger. Danny Elfman went ham on that score. Um, everything about this movie is perfect. I think it's a perfect movie. Um, it's as good as you can get um, as far as an origin story goes. And not to completely jump ahead all the way to next week, but the crazy thing is, it's not even the best Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. But yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> it, it's really, really so good. And uh, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with it. <laughs> like, it, it's just amazing. Yeah. So a note that I have is that, like, all the exposition, um, I feel like, like, all the scenes that aren't like physical like action scenes even some of them like it just kind of feels like a play like do you get that vibe from this I don't know why but like I think like the dialogue and like the chemistry between everyone is like really good and it felt like a play like when they were like when like Aunt May and Uncle Ben were like doing like exposition you know yeah um well I I kind of have like the opposite um where i feel like this 
more than pretty much any other comic movie, except for maybe like Watchmen or um, Ang Lee's Hulk that like very deliberately try to adapt the comic book aesthetic, like mm-hmm. down to like com- comic strips, like literally appearing on screen. Mm-hmm. There's a, like even the aspect ratio of this movie, like every frame looks like it's framed to look like a comic book strip. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of got from it where Spider-Man comics in general, at least the earlier ones, are inherently very character focused. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of um like a lot of comics, their characters are like in service of the story. Um, but I think it's the opposite. The story is in service of the characters. The characters always come first in Spider-Man. And I feel like that's something that Sam Raimi like really understood is that like you can only really get behind Peter Parker when you are in like his shoes like you see it from his pov you're with his struggles you feel every you know every not only like physically like as spider-man every punch he takes but like every financial hardship every like romantic hardship every familial hardship Mm -hmm. like there's just something that he really understands about this character that i think he um you know i and you gotta remember this came out in 2002 like at this time movie like comic movies were not taken seriously whatsoever um like there are like a few good ones like blade was great um but it was coming off of like you know batman and robin and stuff so like for him to like make a character focused comic book movie where a lot of it is just people dealing with their own drama i think that's amazing i i really do yeah um it's definitely like it just feels very like honest yeah (laughs) like uh it feels very like human and i just know like over the next few weeks we'll be having the same conversations um over and over again but they don't really make them like this anymore (laughs) yeah i um nothing feels as grounded as this anymore Yes. And I think, well, the thing is, I think every interpretation of Spider-Man, to an extent, has merit. Like, I think each incarnation, each actor brings something new to the table mm-hmm. that, like, there's, like, an element to Tom Holland that I didn't quite find with Toby, and there's an element with Andrew that I didn't quite find with the other two, right? Mm-hmm. I think they all have their own merit. But um, there's something about this trilogy and um this specific movie that i mean i don't know there's just something about it like it just really hits it it really hits home and like i know people are always like oh how many times have to see uncle ben die but i'm sorry like when he fucking dies in this movie (laughs) it's devastating yeah It, it hits so hard um and i mean every actor here is just doing a fantastic work like mm-hmm. every single it's not just like they were cast in comic book movie and they kind of gave it halfway like no every single actor here is giving a legitimately great performance mm-hmm. and i think that's like amazing yeah i think like you said like and this is one of like the big like aspects of the story so obviously they're going to cover it but um like you said like i I think it does, like, a really good job of covering, like, class. Yeah. Um, like, that I feel like, not necessarily, like, Marvel movies, but I think, like, a lot of movies don't really do 
often anymore. Like, I feel like people just kind of, like, wake up in their house and get up and go to school and, yeah, you know. Like, I always like when, like, movies kind of, like, make a point to show, like, like, because it's, like, a really big detail about a character that, like, if it's overlooked, it's, like, okay, well, clearly, like, you don't think about the way that some people live. Like, I don't know how to describe it. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I think, like, if not the very first, one of the first scenes that you meet Uncle Ben He's like literally like looking for a job. He's gotten laid off. He um, mm-hmm. and then everything he's looking for in the ads is for like tech. And he's yeah. like, I, I do drywall. Like I literally like I don't know what any of yeah. this means, you know? Um and yeah, and like even I mean next week I think like Spider-Man 2 covers it even better. And that's why like I love the college era Peter Parker, because then you get to see Peter himself. Mm-hmm. Um, deal with like and not just Spider-Man 2 but like in general like even in the comics I think Spider-Man as a college student having to like pay rent and fight crime and have a job while oh being my God, a hero the, I can't wait to see um, wait is that only the third one the landlord I can't remember um, second and third one yeah oh my god one. love that uh, um, <laughs> um, yeah I, um, yeah but like this one it has like and even like um Peter himself, even though he's a teenager and he lives with an aunt and uncle, like, he, um, you know, like, he has to go, like, literally get beat to death to, like, try to earn money for a car uh, mm-hmm. just to impress Mary Jane. Um, later, when he moves in with Harry, um, he can only really do it because Norman pays for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to, like, be a little bit humble when um, Norman tries to give him a job. And he's like, no, I'm going to, like, make my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like so many moments in this movie and they're very small moments but they're noticeable the older that you get yeah. the more you rewatch it like the little quieter moments like what make this movie I think also like the whole idea of like even though they live in New York like the whole idea of like oh I want to like go into the city because yeah. even though it's like so close like it definitely like feels far because they're like in Queens yeah um but that definitely adds like a class aspect to it of um you know like striving for like something that is like so close and like dealing with like a like a nepotism child that's like your friend yeah and I I like that a lot because like even um well like even at like okay I'll get to Harry in a sec but like Mary Mm -hmm. Jane like when she moves to the city like Peter expects her to like just already get auditions in Broadway or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, she's like working at like a diner and mm-hmm. uh, she's like embarrassed by that. And I love that like little line where he's like, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like you're like working on like people, like, like on like Harry basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then like with Harry, it's so easy to like, you could have easily like made him like, yeah, the nepotism like archetype, but they do a really good job and like adding layers to his character that's followed through the whole trilogy by the way like yeah. they never lose sight of that like his trauma of being neglected from his father and his like downfall the entire trilogy is just seeking approval for a father who doesn't care um who is more invested in his life's work and that's what's so interesting is like even the class dynamics like it's so easy to paint harry as like a an archetype like as a villainous or like a douche or something 
mm-hmm. but they even do a good job at like making him humanistic and even norman like he he's obviously a villain and he's a bad person but like seeing how egotistical he is the movie breaks that down in a really unique way and him becoming goblin is only you know it just only exhibits like the characteristics that are uh, in the themes of the movie you know mm-hmm. like it's not just like oh he's strong now he's a goblin now like no it's it's he it's like um in captain america when he takes the serum whatever you know is given to him it just amplifies who he is at his core it's just you know norman's a nor- normal person but when he takes that serum it just amplifies his core bad mm-hmm. and i think that's fascinating and i love that yeah um I I particularly love when Spider-Man calls him Gobby. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I remember a distinct memory I have, um, and it still kind of, like, haunts me, is that I thought that Green Goblin was, like, so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically terrified of the scene when it's, like, the burning building, and it's, like, yeah. the screaming lady noise, and then like the old lady like turns around and it's him that yeah. terrified me so that much little shriek that he does as the old lady um, yeah uh that um that entire scene is like so iconic when uh i mean first of all that one line uh it's you who's out gobby out of your mind mm-hmm. <laughs> um but like there's so many like moments in this movie that are like instantly iconic i think mm-hmm. like immediately iconic one of them is in a burning building scene, like when he's like in slow motion, like dodging the blades, mm. and he's like doing all those rotations and like backflips and shit. And I, oh, it's so good. Um, another scene that I think is may, honestly top one hundred cinematic mo- moments of all time: the upside down kiss in the rain. Okay, if that's so, not the sexiest thing you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> don't even talk to me. It's literally so hot. <laughs> I it's just I don't even so, know what else to say about it. Yeah, it's it's just so creative and it's so even just like the the the, the lighting, the colors, the um, yeah, and oh, like the fact so that like she doesn't want to know who it is. Yeah, I oh my god, I love where she like starts to pull on the mask and he starts hesitating. Yeah, so she's like slow, like she like reassures him. She's like, "I'm not gonna go any lower than the nose," and then she leans in for the kiss. And it's like not just a kiss; it's like a fucking makeout. Like you watch them fucking like attack face. Yeah, in the rain, upside down. And I love that it is so iconic that that is now known as the Spider-Man kiss. It's so good. Yeah, it. God, that entire scene. Um, I I don't know, man. I I, I love every. Thing about this movie it's so fucking good um this movie does get some flack sometimes for like i feel like not to say it's like invalid but everything with like saying oh you know these actors are clearly not high school age and like yeah toby mcguire is definitely not a teenager in this movie mm-hmm. no one in the high school is a teenager they're all like 27 mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think it works because the sincerity in mm-hmm. Sam Raimi's, like, direction is, like, so um, on point the entire time. 
Yeah, there's definitely, like, an innocence and, like, an awkwardness to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I love. And I think, I mean, I just keep going back to Sam, Sam Raimi himself. Which, by the way, I, that's who I just, like, his entire, like, story is exactly what I want in life. Like, you go from, like, making niche movies with your friends, like, short films, to somehow getting... Uh, to make three iconic horror movies. Like, super low budget. You barely get them made, but you get them made nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And then you get to make fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I, that's what I want in my life. That's the only thing I want in my life. Um, so, I, what a dude, honestly. And he's so humble. Like, if you listen to, like, any interview that he does, like, the way he talks about it, not only, like, Spider-Man as a character, but his experience with Marvel, mm-hmm. and, like, what he learned doing, like, big-budget movies. Like, any other director would be like, oh, like, that experience, I hated it. But, like, he, the way he talks about it is, like, so humble and so, um, just, I don't know, he's just such a gracious, smart, artistic dude. And I I love, I, I, anyone listening, I highly recommend watching, like, any interview or behind-the-scenes of any of the Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. Because, like, when you hear him talk about, like, his, uh, the way he wanted to approach uh, making these movies, it's so insanely cool. Like, he wanted practical, like, as much practicality as possible. He basically said, like, um, while I'm aware that we can't do everything practical because this is Spider-Man, I wanted to do as much as possible. And he did. There's so many sets in this movie. There are, like, so many moments that are not just uh, CGI. It's actual, like just an actual set being built and um, actors in costumes actually fighting and like having fight choreography. Um, And even the swinging scenes, which are obviously CGI, they didn't just like animate New York city around him. They used a drone. Like he almost invented um, this kind of camera movement where they swung a camera through New York city. Mm -hmm. So all the footage is real. And they, and he actually like him and the DP, um organized it so it looked like an actual shot not just an animation and they just put spider-man in it but they wanted to make you feel like you were spider-man every time he swung and they do it do it so well it's amazing i feel like i remember that where wasn't it the camera on almost like wires like being like pulled around yeah by the third movie i believe it got like more elaborate like it went Mm -hmm. to like a drone technology but at least with this one and the second one yeah it was like on a wire where it would like they would like very delicately orchestrate it um and they would like map it out like there's like a i, I watched like a behind the scenes thing earlier and it's like him like mapping it on this on like on a map of new york city so mm-hmm. okay i wanted to swing from here to here and then we gotta do it here to here <laughs> like he wanted to like hit all the iconic new york locations of him to swing through mm-hmm. and i love that i love it so much um like two years ago I want to say I don't even remember when it was um but friend of the pod Sean actually was like on his lunch break I think I told this to you he was like on his lunch break and there was just like a street like closed off and he was like what the fuck is going on and he just saw like (laughs) Tom Holland and Zendaya like filming like the post-credit scene um for Far From Home and it was just like swinging (laughs) like in the street (laughs) I, I do like that even um, 
in these new movies, they still like try to have moments with him in the costume and like like yeah. actually physically in the costume um, and like have actual swinging moments as well. Um, that's something that I'm glad is not entirely lost, like with things being totally CGI now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, God, everything like the thing is like people like to like nitpick this movie a lot, but it's so influential and I hate to play that card, but like, I hope people understand like you wouldn't have like not only like comic movies today, but like a lot of modern action films were influenced by this movie. And like, what I this feel movie. like not to interrupt. I feel like we just run in like completely different circles because I've never once heard like one criticism of this movie. <laughs> We do run different circles. Yeah, we really do. There are, like, I don't, I mean, I think overall the consensus over time has been, like, more positive and more, like, loving to the Raimi movies. I think as people became more exhausted with Disney, definitely. Yeah, yeah. but, like, there, there definitely is, like, you know, it seems like everyone, at least at a certain point on the internet wanted to point out like oh toby so cringe like the weird faces he makes or like the weird because he's a teenager with social anxiety but like even like you know in spider-man 2 like when he's like <laughs> he's like um pulling the train and like the face he makes or like uh his the emo- he's exerting a lot of energy i agree with you i'm just saying like there's a lot of stupid people <laughs> that like take things out of context and like oh look how cringe this movie is yeah and the movie I don't know, dude. Like everything. The memes, I... the memes that stem from this movie, though, are like instantly iconic. Like, I'm something of a scientist myself. I'm something. Yeah. <laughs> I just immediately thought of, I'm so, I'm something of a fucking idiot myself. Yeah, I. <laughs> um. And also, like a classic, like um, that was posted all last week. I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get these cranberries. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was and literally beyond spider monday um oh my god so talk about your spider monday experience please because my ticket uh, disappeared from my app like they so straight up just disappeared from my did you account. get them at all like are yes you... <laughs> we had tickets they're gone you, you just don't have them anymore <laughs> yeah no oh <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know where they went, but you know. So, God, um, because you so, stayed up until four a.m., right? Yeah, don't remind me. Um, I, so I actually bought two sets of tickets. I bought, um, the showtime that I'm going to at first uh, is the three p.m. Dolby, which I don't even have AMC a list. I just fucking paid thirty five dollars for this shit. Um, to see this movie in Dolby uh, at 3 p.m., like the earliest showtime possible. But I didn't even get to buy tickets until 4 a.m. because that's when Fandango, not even Fandango, fucking Flickster of all sites. What the I fuck on... is that? Exactly. What is Flickster? I don't know. Um, but I was able to buy it on Flickster and I got like the literal last two seats that weren't in the front row. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I got them like super last minute. Um, and then, like, literally the second I spent $35 on it, the Regal app came back online. And I'm not kidding, the second I bought them, mm. the Regal app started working again. Um, and I bought more. So I'm seeing it at this point twice on Thursday. Um, mm. I'm seeing it at 3 p.m. And then I'm going again at 7.30 with another group of friends. Imagine you hate it. Um, there's literally 
no possible. No, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but all okay. All I'm gonna say is with that movie, if they play the Danny Elfman Spider-Man theme song even once in that mm. movie, I'm gonna fucking cry. Like I'm gonna <laughs> like tears are gonna go down my face. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm gonna go into witness protection. I'm not gonna speak to anybody for like many years. That's all I need. I'm going to give up on movies. That's all I need. Like, if you just hint, if you just overlay it a little bit in this fucking movie, if I hear it in the Dolby Cinema speakers, I'm I'm done. I'm gone. Like, over. I can't speak ever again. I'm going to be done yeah. for. Well, you heard it here first, folks. It's going to be the last episode of our podcast. Slightly. <laughs> no, but my Spider Monday experience... Um, I was awake anyway. So I think it's fucking dumb. Like, okay, the only experience that I've had like this buying tickets was when The Force Awakens came out. And it was like, I was like in the city the night before it came out. And I had friends being like, there are no tickets left throughout all of New York City for The Force Awakens. Like, no matter what showtime, like in the entire opening weekend. Yeah. But... Spider Monday, like, my local theaters, like, even, like, me and, like, friend of the pod, like, Aaron and Sean, like, we say this all the time, like, one of my local theaters, no matter if it's, like, opening night and the theater is packed, the theater feels empty. Like, for some reason, it just feels empty. And there's, like, no way possible that like we were in a in a sold out like theater for Halloween mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a struggle to get tickets. And I was like, I don't understand why they're making such a big deal out of this because I just know that like opening night we'll be able to just like roll up and like which we never do anyway because we have A-list, but like a few days before we could easily get tickets for this. But we were awake anyway, so we were like, let's get tickets. Yeah. AMC app crashed. Everything crashed. Everything was down. Sean was in the waiting queue for the AMC app throughout the entire runtime of the defunct land fast pass video. And I was just sitting there doing homework and it still was like 50 minutes left to go. And I can't remember if he got tickets the next morning or what. Um, but it showed up in my reservations, but not my tickets. And the entire time that he was in the queue, I was trying to make licorice pizza plans. So I was trying to go on the Alamo Draft House website, and that fucking website was crashed too. So all movies everywhere were destroyed because of fucking Spider Monday. So, like, I was really annoyed. The next morning we got tickets, like I said. Um, and then we realized, like, today, like, they just disappeared from our account. Like, literally, like, the tickets just don't exist. Did you get the confirmation email? I don't know. Check. I would I don't care about them. Well, but I, it's like the thing is, like, the movie's not even sold out. Like, we could just go get tickets. Right. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I, um, well, the weird thing about, I mean, not to, like, make this entire episode about Spider Monday, but, um, 
No we're weekend getting... because it's like it's the week of Spider Monday. Like it's like we're literally recording this in the aftermath of Spider Monday. <laughs> Such a stupid. <laughs> um, I uh, but that like it, it was so stupid the fact that that came out like on a midnight on a Monday. Um, mm-hmm. like Sunday to Monday that is. Um, and we like every fucking person in the world was doing it, and mm-hmm. like. The thing is, I've never had an experience like this. Like, mm-hmm. Force Awakens, yeah, it was rough, but, like, within the hour, I got tickets, right? Like, mm-hmm. the queue worked. I had to wait, like, 40 minutes, granted. But still, the queue worked. When I when the queue was over, I got my tickets, right? In-game. I was actually able to get them right away with in-game. Like, I just was immediately on it the second it happened. Yeah. I know sites did crash, but I was just lucky with that one. Um, but this, I've never seen anything like this. Like, it crashed Regal for four hours. Mm-hmm. Crashed AMC for four hours. Fandango, five hours, I think. Um, like, at movietickets.com, movie phone. <laughs> like, shit that you, Adam fucking tickets. Like, things you haven't used in, like, five years. Yeah. All crashed. All gone. The only saving grace I saw all over Twitter was Flickster. Which I don't even know about. Um, only reason I have Dolby Cinema tickets at the moment is for Flickster. So thanks, Flickster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, And it was almost sketch because I, like, I bought them. Money went out of my bank account. And then I was like, and then I didn't get an email confirmation. And I had like no proof of purchase. And I'm like, listen, motherfuckers. Like, we're not doing this. We're not, we're not scamming me. But it took like almost like 30 minutes. But it, the email finally went to my account. Mm-hmm. And then it showed up in my AMC app because it's like linked, I guess, mm-hmm. with my stubs. Um, but eventually it showed up in my AMC account as well. So I didn't get ripped off. Flickster is not a scam. I did get it. Um, but there was like a, almost an hour period between 4 and 5 a.m. where I was like, did I get scammed? <laughs> is like Flickster a real company? Um, but yeah, what I'm trying to say is fuck Spider Monday. All my homies hate Spider Monday. Yeah, I got the QR code on my um on my email, but I have a feeling I'm gonna pull up to the theater. Call um have Sean or something call AMC. Yeah, and Sean uh, loves to make phone. Yeah, I am um, because like it's that happened to um uh from the pod Murphy, because uh, we were like live texting like while this was all going down, mm-hmm. and he also lives in New York, so I, he was probably going through the same experience as you. Um, mm-hmm. and he has unlimited like I do, but he was trying to get Dolby tickets because he's oh, like, I found it, yeah. You right, this is why I was telling you, like, check it, it's it's uh, it's gonna be there. Um, but yeah, so good. What did you have, like, the Thursday showing or what? Uh, Sunday, oh, geez, what? No, no, I just I can't imagine waiting till Sunday, but it, it probably means nothing. <laughs> No, I just don't want to deal with people. Oh, you're going to deal with people? No, I know. It just, it won't be as bad as Friday. I know it. This movie is, apparently it's like the highest grossing movie. Uh, it's the biggest pre-sale for any Regal Cinemas pre-sale ever, like including Endgame. Um, AMC and Fandega, it's like the second or third ever behind like Force Awakens and Endgame. But it'd be like Infinity War and Black Panther and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Like I have no like, I was thinking like 
it might crack like 150 million opening weekend because like COVID and everything. Yeah. But now I'm like, shit, is it going to do like 250 or some shit? Like, I'm like, is it going to like make way more money than like humanly possible? Like, because. I'm going to like call up like Bob Chapek and be like, may I please have $5? (laughs) My, um, my uh, local AMC, every showtime for Dolby that weekend is not just like full, like with a few seats in the front row. Mm-hmm. Every showing from like 9 a.m. to like 12 a.m. Mm-hmm. is sold out. Like not just like scattered seats here and there. Like you click on the showtime and it says sold out. Yeah. Um, every showing at my Regal Cinema, 3D, 2D, RPX, whatever. Um, almost sold out with like front row seats available every single showtime. That's insane. It's making like all the money. It's gonna make so much. I think it was reported like it already made like fifty million, just like on Spider Monday. Um, so fucking yeah. Spider Monday. <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's Spider Monday. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to go to. Um, I gotta say it. I can't wait to go on the Spider Man ride in California when I go. Is it? actually good i'm hearing mixed reviews but like a decent amount of people that i trust like really like it okay i um i have no opinion on it yet but um i just know nothing will ever be the universal uh spider-man ride that's the literally go. i went on it for the first time uh this past september and like it was so much fun amazing i've never Um, been on a ride that was like that technological technologically advanced that was made like so long ago when fucking um goblin throws the pumpkin bomb and like the fire like blows in your face oh my god literally i thought i was gonna die doc ock drops you or no like a goblin drops you from the building and you like fall through the city while he like yeah i had to like close my eyes during part of that because i was like this is like too realistic it's great it's so fucking good Oh, just an update. Sean was like, I already called a customer service rep for Ames. What did you, what happened? Um, that is just not um, coming up under upcoming events. It's only coming up under reservations. We have to like scroll to like a specific part of the AMC app to look for it. But that's good? Yeah, I mean, we have a... Okay, I, I don't know what that is. Okay, gotcha. True, yeah. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. 
As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Thank you so much, Superyaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys. Spider-Man yeah. 2002. <laughs> Um, I can't believe I, this was like twenty years ago. Yeah, nineteen going on twenty. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it, that 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 really is a trip. Um, because like a lot of it still feels like a. I mean, a lot of it does feel like I don't want to say dated, but it almost like dated, but like in, not in a bad way. Like mm-hmm. in a, this existed like in a very specific point in time. Probably could get made today. Kind of mm-hmm. dated. Um, but there's also parts of it that feel very modern and very like almost ahead of its time, even. Yeah. You know, like, uh, because like there were so many bad superhero movies after this, like Green Lantern, and, like, like the MCU. No, MCU is good, but you know what I mean, like actual no, bad, I mean, yeah, like comically bad movies, like Daredevil. I... <laughs> throw back to our daredevil episode which is great but also terrible um yeah i remember going to see green lantern we should maybe co- no never mind no um, i never want to watch that again i remember going to see green lantern with like friends in high school or middle school i don't even remember when it came out yeah, it was but middle school middle school yeah, 2011. Okay, yeah. So I fully remember, like, it was, like, an era of, like, oh, me and my friends would, like, go to the movies, and, like, if it was bad, we would kind of, like, make fun of it. We were in the front row, and I remember just getting up and, like, wandering around the theater. I didn't even have a phone then. I was just wandering around um, because I didn't want to be there watching it. And that's something I haven't done since, like, uh, that fucking The Gentleman. That was, like, the next time and last time I did that was just wander around the theater. Um, I, Green Lantern is terrible. Um, and it baffles me that they uh, can't make a good Green Lantern movie because that um, character is so cool and, like, just ripe for, like, good adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you, like, fuck up a superhero who can, like, literally form anything of his imagination and like project it into his hand like that's like just for like action cinema that could be so cool right Mm -hmm. and yet (laughs) they haven't done anything else um warner brothers is just like completely baffling to me um the way they like manage these dc movies but um and i like a, a lot of them but like just like the corporate people uh, the filmmakers do a good job, I think, but like the corporate people don't know what the fuck they're doing most of the time. Um, but yeah. but yeah, like even so, like um, this, some of the X Men movies, like there's some like really shitty comic book movies that came after this. So it feels like this was ahead of its time, where it was like I feel like um, the Dark Knight was kind of the movie that made people like really take comic book movies seriously again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is like a masterpiece. Like, this movie is perfect. And it feels weird that this one kind of preceded that. And the whole trilogy preceded The Dark Knight. Like, all three movies came out before that movie did. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I don't think this movie 
is as good as the Dark Knight, but it there's a lot of it that I feel like paved the way for even Nolan to be able to make the Dark Knight. Well, um, I think the Dark Knight kind of ushered in the self-seriousness that attempts to be done in, like, most superhero movies now. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Which, like, I do like in some aspects, uh, depending on what it is. It just depends how they do it. Like, yeah. Um, I think the best example of that post-Dark Knight, like, post-Nolan era was, like, Logan. I thought Logan was, like, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, extremely well done, because it was really just, like, a drama for most of it. Yeah. Um, it felt, like, very low budget. Um, but then you have stuff like... I don't even know. Like, the, there are, like, other examples. Like, I know what you're talking about, like, where it's very self-serious and very, like... Um, I actually I mean, don't... like, I guess Joker kind of counts, and, like, I like Joker a lot. <laughs> Sorry. No, Joker's, like, a good movie. I think it's, like... I feel like we've talked about Joker so much on this pod, but, like... um, We talk about Joker in the sense of, like, I'm turning into the Joker. My opinion on Joker is, like, that entire, like, 2019, like, debate was, like, the dumbest thing ever before it even came out. Like, because... Yeah. I I thought both sides were wrong. Like, the... As always, the truth is somewhere in the middle of discourse, and... I don't the even movie, remember what the discourse was. And this like, movie is mind. dangerous. It's going to oh, cause yeah. violence in the okay. streets. Uh, fucking David Ehrlich can go fuck himself. Um, and that, you can quote me on that one. Um, yeah, literally an anti-David Ehrlich pod. Literally. Thank you. I, I'm glad to have support. Um, but yeah, he like literally said that. Like That's like the first paragraph in his review. It's like, this may be the most defining comic movie in years, but it also may be the most dangerous. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you'll Also, like, not to bring it down <laughs> or, like, be, like, too serious, but there has been dangerous events that have happened at a superhero movie before. Like, yeah, I think that that's very, almost, like, insensitive. No, yeah, it, like, it is. Yeah. This is gonna happen. Like, when people are going to see a movie literally by, like, the same studio from the same, like, comic book series. Yeah, like, Joker is a... It's a good movie. I think it's it's very... It's it's good. Straight up, it's yeah. a good movie. I think it's hilarious, like... But I think it was, like, a very <laughs> affecting and good movie. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. And uh, do I, like, love it? Do I, like, worship at the Joker altar? No, but <laughs> I, I think... Oh, good. I'm glad. Fucking best uh, performance of Mark Maron's life. Yeah. Um, the Jokerification of Kira. Um, no, the best performance of Mark Maron's life was like when, uh, what's his name? Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. When he like made those comments about like cancel culture and how you like can't make jokes anymore. And for like a solid, like, I don't remember what episode it was, but for a solid like 20 minutes in the beginning of, like, his, like, WTF episode that week, Mark Marin was just like, I've made jokes about dick. I've made jokes about pussy. Yeah, there are some things you can't say anymore, and you can't say them for a good reason. Because they're <laughs> fucking offensive, and they hurt people, man. And, like, he was just going on and on, like, ripping apart Todd Phillips, like, he, the week before Joker came out. <laughs> he, um... 
uh, he did it again. I just listened to his um, one of his newer episodes with uh, George Clooney, which is a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the like you said, like the pre-ramble that he always mm-hmm. does, which I always find hilarious. Um, he did it. He did that like again with about cancer culture. He was mm-hmm. like, um, he said, he's like nowadays. He said like people will always use like the like comics that like he was specifically talking about comics that are like mm-hmm. complaining about like I can't get on stage. I can't talk about things because I'm too edgy. I, mm-hmm. I'm just speaking too much truth. He said, and some of these people, they just need to be humbled and realize they're not funny. Like they yeah. have no reality that they're just straight up not funny. Maybe they're not on stage because they're not funny. Yeah. But they think it's because they're speaking too much truth. And I was like listening to it. And I'm like, you know what, Maren? I fucking love you. <laughs> he said that in um in his rant about Todd Phillips too. He was like, well, maybe you should just get a fucking different job then. <laughs> Like, literally, I think becoming an adult is just, like, I used to, like, skip through his rants and being, like, come on, I'm gonna get to the interview. But, like, now I'm, like, I wish I could only listen to his rants. Like, yeah. Sometimes I'll, like, listen to um an app about a person I don't even know. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, listen to him. I, uh, I, for a podcaster, I do not listen to a lot of podcasts, but uh, Marin is a guy that I've kept up with for, um, since high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Marin. <clears throat> Um, but, <laughs> and oh, but like, I, I still think like the funniest thing he ever did, um, not funniest thing he's ever done, but like, and even like as a comic book fan, uh, it's still funny to me. Like he was on Conan one time, like just, he's been like his entire duration on Conan, like bitching about like comic movies. Mm-hmm. And he, um, <laughs> he said like, I just hate that there's so many superhero movies and I have to drive like 40 minutes to go sit in a room with sweaty adults to watch captivating drama that we won't understand the ending to. He said, and it's all because of these fucking Marvel movies. And then some of the audience went like, oh, or something. And then he like looks in the audience. He's like, what? Take the hit. You're winning. This is what you want. <laughs> it's in every screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> just the way he said, he's like, take the hit. I lost. You won. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a guy. I love him. Um. But, yeah, I, but I feel like even him, like, he talks sometimes about, like, weirdly comic movies that he, like, does like. Mm. Um, He talked about, weirdly enough, he liked Deadpool for some reason. He, like, he really liked that movie. And he really liked, um, I forgot there was another one that he talked about that, it might have been just Joker or something. But, um, I mean. But for other, he's in that movie for like thirty seconds. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he used that like excuse when he was ranting about it. He's like, "Yeah, I'm in it for like ten seconds. You see my face one." Um, but I feel like this kind of fits that mold of like comic movies that even people that don't like comic movies would probably enjoy. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I can't speak for other people, but like, I feel like it just fits that like. It's not just comic movie. It's like a film. Oh, I hate myself for saying that, but like, I think it fits that mold pretty well. I think it like it extends the genre because I mean, like it surpasses the genre of like comic book movie. Yeah, because there are just so many tropes that are just exhausting in comic book movies right now 
to the point where like being based on a comic book is like a genre. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think the weird thing is with um, Marvel is almost trying to like, while they're trying to become a genre than themselves, they're only doing that by saying that like, and when I say Marvel, I mean like MCU. Mm-hmm. They're doing that by like saying like, oh, this isn't just comic movie. This is a, uh, uh, this is a, I forgot, like they call like the Winter Soldier, like a political thriller and they call mm-hmm. like, um, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Like the way they like categorize every yeah. movie like, as like, it's not just a comic movie. Like this is a harrowing horror movie or like a, a, a deep rooted family drama. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's a movie about a talking raccoon. And that's cool. And that's fine. That's good. Like, that's cool that people like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, you don't have to sugarcoat it. <laughs> like, you don't have to say, like, yeah, Doctor Strange is actually a deep character study, but, like, no, no one fucking has that. It's just cool. It's just cool. It's, yeah. it's a wizard, and he's cool. And I like <laughs> Doctor Strange. That was, like, one that, like, a rare one that I liked. It's a good movie. Um, um and yeah. I'm excited for the new one because Sam Raimi, our king, coming back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sam Raimi is uh coming back for that movie. Um. There were like, I saw recently there were people like worried about like the reshoots for that movie, but like, um, I think people on film Twitter are just a funny breed of people because for people that like involve themselves with film discourse so much, I've never seen a group of people that both worship something but have absolutely no understanding of how literally anything they're talking about works um people <laughs> yeah that basically describes like film twitter in general um people need to understand that reshoots especially on disney movies are literally planned before the initial shoot um and they like sam raimi benedict cumberbatch and like a few other people were like yeah like people were like um i heard it's going through reshoots can you talk to us about that and they were like it was planned a year ago. Some matches weren't available because of COVID. That's all it is. Yeah, literally. Like, and people were like freaking, they're like, oh, this is Marvel taking away Sam Raimi's creative. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> how about you watch the movie, you fucking loser? Like, oh my God. God. Well, people are so stupid. Like, they literally don't know how things work and they're like bitching about it online. And I'm like, watch the movie and then bitch, but like, watch the movie first. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I can't wait. Like, him. In, like they even t- referenced Doctor Strange a few times in this movie. Not like in all three movies, they referenced Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, I believe he's one of Sam Raimi's favorite heroes. So I'm like really curious. Um, a job interview, um, or like I can't remember what it is, but in this movie, um, Peter gets like an address, and it's Bleecker Street, which is Doctor Strange's sanctorum address. And uh, in Spider-Man Two, um, or in like in this one, it's like a uh, oh no though no, it's in a uh, Spider-Man 2 like when Doc Ock is like trying they're trying to name Doc Ock he's like Doctor Strange or something um, it's just like there's so many layers to like in breadcrumbs of Doctor Strange throughout it that it feels very like fitting that he's finally going to do it mm-hmm. so and also like Doctor Strange is a very weird and horrific character in the comics mm-hmm. so if you kind of bring the horror elements to that character it'll be dope yeah um, um, I was gonna say, since I brought up like that scene where they're like naming Doc Ock, 
how can we like not mention J.K. Simmons in this movie? Okay, absolute legend, anxious king, perfect casting, angry king. <laughs> um, I, I can, I think there's only like five, maybe ten, like roles in comic book history that I think you cannot like replicate, recast. You can't mm-hmm. do any better. Um, I would say, like, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I just can't really see anyone else doing better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't think of anyone else, but, yeah, this guy as JJ. Like, I just, I can't do it. Like, I can't imagine anyone else doing it better than he did because he, I, I don't know. Like, when you read a Spider-Man comic <laughs> and you see what he looks like and you mm-hmm. imagine his voice and then you see J.K. Simmons' performance in this movie, that's just the same. It's literally him. Like, um, the only way you could, like, do it any better is if you go, like, completely different, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't be opposed to at some point. But, like, uh, a millennial vice reporter. Well, there were, like, rumors during the Andrew Garfield movies that Ice Cube was going to do it, um, <laughs> which I think would have been really fun if they actually did it. Because um, just, he has a great, like, angry like face and like yelling and stuff mm. but yeah I, like I'm so glad they brought him back for the Tom Holland movies too because yeah his his like <laughs> I wish that wasn't spoiled for me that's the only thing that like like I always read spoilers for like Marvel movies mm-hmm. the second that like they come out because like I don't care mm-hmm. um but I am I'm upset that that was spoiled for me because like Spider-Man is like kind of a little like soft spot for me I guess like I really do like Spider-Man even if I get like annoyed with them um, I like them got spoiled for the second movie like when it uh, or Far From Home wait what like uh, with J.K. Simmons in that movie is that what you're mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. I um I somehow didn't get spoiled because I saw it at a screening like a week early. So, like, when... Sometimes I do get spoiled for the post credit scenes, but when, like, that... Like, I love that feeling when I'm at a screening for a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing the credits, and I'm like, I have no clue what's going to happen. And that one hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. Because the second I heard his voice, I just instinctly, I yelled. I was like, oh, oh! Like, <laughs> like, I couldn't, like, I innately, I could not handle it. <laughs> And then the entire theater, like you couldn't even hear what he was saying. They all like fucking. I heard one guy in the back went goat, like <laughs> the goat. And I I don't know. It was amazing. I it, it's so good, and the fact that he's back makes me so happy. Um, if there's another scene, and the new one with him like reacting to Toby. Again, I again. I'm retiring. I'm I'm done. I, <laughs> yeah, literally just gonna like applaud. Well, I love in this movie like that little scene where he um he like he buys the pictures from Peter and then mm-hmm. Goblin uh, attacks the bugle and he's like, "Where did you buy the pictures from?" And he uh, the scene prior to that, he's like a giant asshole to Peter, mm-hmm. and you think and I love because the comics don't always humanize JJ. But this little scene in this movie where he's like, who sold you the pictures? And he doesn't tell him it was mm-hmm. Peter. You know, he's right there. He doesn't tell him. And 
there's like little moments of like JD's humanity through this movie or mm-hmm. not like the trilogy, like um, <laughs> in the second one where he's like, uh, I guess Spider Man's a hero. I just couldn't see it. <laughs> and uh, like, there's even parts of the third movie. Uh, like, I the way he exhibits the character is like incredible. And mm-hmm. in a perfect world, he would have got like a best supporting actor nomination for it, but. Uh, we're not society wasn't ready for that yet so yeah yeah um we covered which i feel like we're going to be alluding to this a lot during this spider month we covered the third one on our friends the queer quadrant um on their pod sorry i'm like struggling to talk because uh my teeth uh ibuprofen is wearing off so we covered what you take something real quick we can pause if you need no it's okay (laughs) thank you for looking out for me um i just haven't talked this much in a while so yeah we cover the third one over on the queer quadrant with our pals um and he has a very unhinged performance there and i just remember him like just like downing like pills and like being like very unhinged and I can't remember how present he is in the second one but I'm looking forward to that um in the oh yeah right um in the second one he gets an even bigger role I think that's probably his uh, two or three I don't remember which one's the bigger it might be three just because progressively I think he gets more screen time Mm -hmm. but uh two he has so I won't spoil them in case you don't remember them but there are so many iconic jj moments in the second one um uh absolute legend um another i okay i don't think you can not recast the goblin but mm-hmm. whoever else plays goblin in the future i'm not opposed to it but i'm saying to do better than defoe does in this movie mm-hmm. it's gonna be a feat because he it's fucking Wilm defoe and he's acting yeah. his ass off in this movie um agree I, I love his face he just ha- i find it funny that he has like a very sinister face but they still put a mask on him mm. um and i say that with all the love in my heart he he's very handsome and very uh he, he is very gorgeous to me uh mm. but oh yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's stunning but he also has like a very like when he does that like goblin smile mm-hmm. i love those scenes where he's talking to himself in the mirror um so i was so scared so of that when I was little. Yeah. Um, that even that scene where he's like talking to Harry towards the end, he's like, mm-hmm. I've neglected you. I've like I haven't been there for you. Like the way he like turns on the manipulation at the precise moment, mm-hmm. it's so creepy. Um, he's such a scary character. And um, but also the way he like manipulates Peter throughout this movie. Like he you like he knows he's like a father figure to Peter. Yeah. And he kind of uses Uncle Ben's death as a way to, like, get to him. And, like, he just knows how vulnerable Peter is. And he uses that against him at many moments in the movie. Um, yeah, he, he's just a perfect villain in this movie. Yeah, I think the dynamic between um, him and Harry... I feel like I always forget his name. Harry... Um, definitely like shows that because it's a very realistic like rich father and his son dynamic but 
it absolutely does like play into like the villainy of it all um yeah side note i love that after after he dies harry goes into his like turtleneck era yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think he only wears turtlenecks um yeah (laughs) uh yeah with harry um i mean i mentioned earlier like it could have been so easy for um them to just like make him the nepotism baby like the the spoiled rich kid um but i think you know the like sam raimi and like i know a lot of allegations against franco i'm not trying to dismiss that but he i think he's really good in these movies he genuinely is and just the way they bring the character to life and also like the through line of Harry, like the Spider-Man three, like when he dies, like his entire character arc is just progressively more interesting. Um, and like fascinating. I think it's such a, like a cool, because I remember when Spider-Man three was coming out, like the marketing that was marketing Harry as the villain. Um, it didn't market the amnesia stuff. It just kind of marketed Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. And as a kid who went, who like grew up with these movies and you see the buildup of Harry throughout the first two, into hating Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it's when you're like a kid and you're seeing the trailer of Spider Man 3, you're like, oh shit, it's like it's going down. Like it's yeah. actually happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just everything about um, the, just the entire Osborne dynamic in this movie is great. Um, I love, and also like the dynamics just between Goblin and Spidey in general. And Peter mm-hmm. and Norman is interesting because, like, Peter is a guy who is he. The thing I love about Peter and Toby in this movie is like he's not a perfect character. He makes mistakes in this movie, like legitimate faults. Like he's a dick to Uncle Ben before he dies. Mm-hmm. He um he almost uh he like loses his sense of heroism by almost being a vigilante and almost killing the guy. Um, uh, earlier, and he, um, you know, and like he, he does kill that one guy, or um, he, or at least he like drops him at the window or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's so many moments in this movie where he like goes down a dark path, but he has to like kind of pull himself out of it and kind of remind himself like what Uncle Ben told him. And you know, uh, he doesn't like lose sight of what it means to be a hero. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, like he also had to like build his own suit. He has to like do it from scraps he has to like make the city like him meanwhile like norman is again a rich guy who built all this like rich tech he has a glider um and he has like a very he goes for like he's very cynical he's very like even that's like on the rooftop between him and spidey and he's like here's the truth like they're gonna love you for a few years but then they're gonna hate you they're gonna turn yeah. on you it's like the only thing they like more than a hero is to see a hero fall and what a great line. <laughs> like what a and the way Defoe delivers it too. Um Yeah, there's like incredible writing in this. And so good. I feel like a lot of it kind of like turned into almost like cliches, but then you have to kind of remind yourself like this was like one of the first ones. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I know that it's like an iconic line, but like great power comes great responsibility. So, um incredible. Um yeah, it well the thing is I feel like it became so iconic after this movie that Andrew Garfield his movies never really said it. Mm-hmm. it the scene in um I won't 
I don't want to entirely spoil it for when we get to that movie, but they tiptoe, like they kind of say it, but they like extend it, like they like rearrange the words, and it's like you didn't have to do that. You could have just said it. Like you mm-hmm. could have just. It's not like it's not a like no one in the audience is gonna be like boo. Like it's fine. People like, literally applaud and cheer. Exactly. Um, the, the Tom Holland movies, at least the first two, haven't said it yet. Um, so I let's bring it back it's been like 20 years like it's fine we're good we can take it (laughs) like if anything we want it so yeah it's fine yeah um but yeah i think another thing i love about i mean i think every spider-man movie does this like really well um but especially this first movie peter gets the fuck beat out of him like the absolute shit knocked out of him (laughs) um that i mean that ending fight between him him and goblin is Mm -hmm. brutal um it is scrappy there is no the thing i love about that scene is there's no score underneath it it's just sound effects you hear the punches you hear the explosions Mm -hmm. you hear the stabs and and the buildings falling apart there's no music underneath it you just hear the grunting and all that shit right yeah and you feel every punch and he's like melting off his face yeah um every there's like cuts and rips on his suit throughout his whole body blood is he's like covered in blood Mm -hmm. um that one shot is so iconic where like he uh the pumpkin bomb explodes in slow motion and blood just like leaves his mouth Mm -hmm. as it's exploding oh like it's so it's it's amazing it's so good yeah um i alluded to it before but like right before that fight scene when it's like save the children or save the love of your life yes um (laughs) and it's just like it's like so comic book where it's just like all the kids in like this in like the tram and they're like yeah (laughs) but it's it's so good because it feels so like the great thing about this movie, it feels so old-fashioned, but so modern at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how he, like, rides that line perfectly, but he really does. Because, like, he has his cake and eats it, too. Like, he has this big super bell and the big CGI fights and the swings mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But then he has, like, the literal, like, saving people from a burning building, saving the kids from falling, having to rescue the love of his life. Like, he it's amazing how he balances both of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's what Spider-Man is literally about. That's what makes him so cool. Like you have the larger fantastical side mm-hmm. of like all the villains. Like he has the best rogues gallery of villains of any superhero. I think like, I think all of his villains are at least a little bit iconic. Um, and, but the cool thing is like, there's other sides of it too. where like, <laughs> It's the, um, the street level stuff, like where he just like fights a random robber or he like will help. A... The thing I love about the Tom Holland movies is like in Homecoming where he's just like, yeah, I helped like a lady cross the street and gave her directions and she bought me a churro. Like mm-hmm. I love <laughs> it's so cute and warm. And I love that Spider-Man is a bigger figure to New York than like the Avengers are. And I'm not just talking about Tom Holland, but like in general, like Spider-Man is a character in the comics like what spider-man like means to people in general um and something that i think into the spider-verse just exhibited the whole theme of that movie it's just like spider-man can be anybody mm-hmm. like if he has ever inspired you you can do it like you can be 
a good person, you can adapt those morals, you can take the lessons you learn and apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, this movie is just, it's so perfectly exhibits those core Spider-Man values. And the thing I love about like his entire trilogy is that Peter never stops learning. He never stops growing. He never stops evolving. He never even stops being bad at points. He never stops learning to be good. Like most people, he evolves and he learns. And even though he's a superhero, he makes so many mistakes. And I think that is something that's like so interesting about Peter Parker as mm-hmm. a character. And that's something that Sam Raimi absolutely understands perfectly. Yeah. You know, you know what they say. <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> I love that line when he's like dropping MJ. I was like, you know who I am. I do. Yeah, I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> what a king. What a flirt. Uh, Not that. It's it's really sexy though. <laughs> like it really is. <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie. Like, just like girls, ladies, if you're uh, about to get like like demolished by a building or blown up by a dude in a green suit or dropped off a balcony, mm-hmm. and a guy like saves you five times and then kisses you in the rain and flirts with you. I mean, W-Y-D, you know? like <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, and like, even earlier, like, I love um, the way that, like, New York responds to Spider-Man. Um, that little scene where it's, like, a documentary of, like, um, Sam Remy actually got, like, real New Yorkers to, like, um, record this. I don't know if you know about this. But um, he got real New Yorkers to, like, pretend you know, to, like, to act in the movie. Mm. And uh, he's, like, just, like, give your thoughts on Spider-Man. He's a menace. I think he's kind of hot. I wrote down the line, uh, guy with eight hands sounds hot. (laughs) I love how, like, it's just so, like, it feels so authentic because it is. And I I love, I love that scene so much. Um, He got, like, a real, like, New York subway guitar player to like play the theme song mm-hmm. and i believe he credited to them in the credits which is cool mm-hmm. um yeah i just i i love all three movies do a great job at it but i love the way that understands that new york is this pivotal to peter and spider-man as like his powers are as anything is like mm-hmm. uh, i think every spider-man movie does a good job at that but uh these three really lay a lot of groundwork with that. I think it's well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, to talk about the ending, I guess, like, at the very end, it's so fucking tragic, the way this movie ends. Like, I love how endlessly sad, like, just the whole third act is. Mm -hmm. Um, Between, you know, like, well, first of all, like, Norman dying, Mm-hmm. Even though he's a total dick and villain, like it's it's still like a little sad because you just see him like succumb to like his demons, basically. It was also like a low-key father figure to Peter. It's it, yeah, it's like sad, but like it's it's yeah, it is sad, 
but it's like it's devastating because like he knows that and he still uses it against peter in that moment Mm -hmm. like he's like literally telling him like i've been like a father to you like while he's getting the glider ready to kill peter yeah you know and i think maybe my favorite line of the entire movie is i had a father his name was ben parker like oh every fucking time it hits me the music (laughs) the way he says it everything it hits me in the heart every single time perfect line delivery um i will say his death is kind of funny because it goes directly to his nuts Mm -hmm. just Just straight in the beepers yeah just immediately just like it's even because like i used to think because I, I saw that, like, um I saw, like, a Twitter post about it recently, and I was, like, my childhood memories, I'm, like, he gets, like, stabbed in the stomach or the waist, right? No, uh, right in the dick. Okay. Yeah, right in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the note that it, like, leaves off on with him saying, don't tell Harry. Yeah. Because that's the through line of, like, the next two movies. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the core drama. And, um... There's a really good um, YouTube channel called High Top Films. He does like a very good like um, he does like an essay on the entire trilogy. Um, but he kind of he perfectly pointed out he's like, how good is it that you don't need post credit scenes for these movies? Like exactly. everything you need to set up the sequels is in the fucking movie. <laughs> like it's just already there. And like I'm not against post credit scenes at all, but like it is really refreshing that like it's just there it's like a yeah beginning and end and the thing is the movie ends it's closed if you just watch this movie it's a full story but that being said if you want to watch spider-man 2 it's just even better with all the setup and the and the drama and the knowledge you have going into it and it just builds upon the great foundation that this movie starts and yeah yeah like between you know, Harry not wanting, like, he, he wants to kill Spider-Man. And Peter has to, like, live with that. And knowing eventually it'll come out. Mm-hmm. And him having to tell Mary Jane, basically, like, fuck off, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also May not knowing that Peter was there when Uncle Ben died. Like, mm-hmm. three things that he's left with at the end. That he has to live with. And then you as an audience member, you carry that until the next movie. Flawless. Perfect. That's filmmaking, baby. Fucking perfect. Um, yeah, that scene with him and MJ at the end. It's like heartbreaking. It's, it's so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> However, you know, when she kisses him and realizes, I've kissed that lip before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I Good love... Stuff. <laughs> Not to like again, because like, I, I keep wanting to like talk about Spider-Man Two because like so much of this movie pays off Spider-Man Two, but like I was thinking about like wait because I forget about that moment where she remembers his kiss. Mm-hmm. I'm like wait because like Spider-Man Two plays as if she still doesn't know he's Spider-Man, but then mm-hmm. they pay it off later in the movie. I won't spoil it in case you don't remember, but um, it's just perfect. It, this is the great thing about when you have a singular vision just doing a trilogy or mm-hmm. one story or what have you. Um, this is why you should have just given Ryan Johnson the whole 
fucking thing at Star Wars. Uh, not to go into that entire bullshit, but, um, <laughs> you know, I it's just incredible what happens when an artist is just given the keys to, like, really do what he wants to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's so tragic. Like, the way he's, like, and that's, like, what it's all about. Like, that entire, like, line of, like, like, I love her more than anything, but the sad thing is, like, people I love will always pay more than I will. Mm-hmm. And I can't, like, let that happen. And that's the tragedy of Spider-Man. That's that's just what makes him a fucking compelling character, baby. That's what makes him cool, is that he, and, and he never wins. Even when he wins, he loses. Every win comes with the loss. He's never fully satisfied. He's never done growing. It's perfect. It's so good. I agree. It's cool. Very cool. Uh, and I'll just say again, the 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 serotonin that I get from that final swing. He just like lands on the the flag post and then mm-hmm. fucking swings right into the camera. Damn. They they just don't do it like this anymore. They exactly. Really they don't. Nothing yeah. is like this epic, you know. Genuinely. <laughs> Not even like trying to make a meme. Like No, it's like genuinely epic. Very good. Like you hear that Spider-Man theme song and you're like, this is like Lord of the Rings, this is Star Wars level, like this is iconic. Iconic music that's yeah. genuinely like textbook definition epic. <laughs> It's it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, perfect movie. I think. Great movie. Mhm. All right. Well, Adam, <laughs> where can um, everyone find you? Cool. Um, you can find me uh, when I'm not staying up till five a.m. trying to get Spider Monday tickets. Um, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, my other podcast, the Aggressively Okay podcast, um, me and Joey have been going to a lot of screenings uh, these past few weeks. So we'll be having a lot of like uh, reviews for upcoming December movies uh, coming up soon, like Licorice Pizza and like West Side Story and all yeah, that. Yeah, Adam saw my top two movies of the year that I haven't even seen yet before <laughs> me, West Side um, Story and Licorice Pizza. Spoiler alert. They're both really great. So, um, but we know this already. Yeah, but if you want to hear the me, the second re- the trailer is dropped, we knew this already. If you want to hear me reaffirm it, check out the AOK Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. You can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon, on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon, and uh, give us some reviews, some ratings. Let us know what Spider Man means to you. Mm-hmm. Um, send me some soft foods for my teeth and yeah. look forward to the rest of Spider Month. Hope you guys are resting up from Spider Monday. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week where we uh, swing back into action. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>